Hi guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm actually recording this from a home studio, so I'm not actually physically at the Radio Free Brooklyn studio today because of <clears throat> everything that's happening with uh, COVID-19 uh, in Brooklyn and the New York area. Um, we've been told to stay home as much as possible, but I didn't want the fun... I didn't want the gaming and the storytelling to stop for y'all, so um, I'm recording from home now. I am uh, very excitedly sitting on the floor of my bedroom um, and have some wonderful guests here. It's the Dungeons and Dragons crew from Brooklyn Strat. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Thank you guys again for being on. It's been... I haven't had you guys on since January, which feels Mm -hmm. like it was... A year ago. Ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very long time. Different world, man. (laughs) Different worlds. Different worlds indeed. And who knows what world we're going to have in the future. But Oh, don't say that. No, no, no. For now, we can have a fantasy (laughs) world. Yay. For now, we can have a fantasy world. Yeah. (laughs) How is the Brooklyn Strat doing? What have you guys... How has the adjustment been for y'all? So we have... Uh, stopped all of our in-store games, but we've been working on moving our programs online. Um, one of the great things about D&D is that so many people already do it remotely um, that it was relatively easy to just kind of switch everything over. So now we're offering daily one-shot games as well as rolling admission to various origin programs, so longer campaigns, um, and just trying to keep people connected and trying to keep people sane while, you know, the world is what it is. Yeah. Um, so if anyone is still interested in playing some D&D or trying it out, uh, shoot me that email at rpg at thebrooklynstrategist.com and I can get you hooked up. Yeah, that's generally how I felt. Uh, last week I was actually in the studio and um, I had a different group who were videoing in from Roll20. And I just generally think that Dungeons and & Dragons and RPGs are just a great and honestly not too terrifying way to play and kind of experience something and distract yourself and kind of be a part of something other than whatever else is happening around is great it's escapism it's wonderful it's great to watch the world be torn apart by a dragon um yes <laughs> much rather than anything else so yeah. that makes sense to me that makes sense to me on many levels there's also room to address like serious issues in consumable ways especially mm. for kids so like i um Like, I'm able, I mean, I'm an artist. We're all artists in our own ways. And we channel our emotions and opinions into what we make. So, like, I found myself today running a game that involved really extreme economic disparity. And just a lot of people who didn't have enough. And another person who was kind of like a a political figure who was gaining power through, like, a lot of anger, a lot of xenophobia. And, um... That's not real. (laughs) No. Well, it was just, it was really cool to, like, be able to get that out and and not, like, not censor myself, but also have a medium for telling that, so. Yeah, and, uh, what a perfect transition, Annie, to the thing that I wanted to talk to y'all about before we dive into storytelling. So... I wanted to talk to y'all about character creation because last time we had y'all on, we talked about world building and how to decide and pick a setting for uh, a game. And kind of, we talked a little bit about how you decide what story to tell and that sort of thing. And worlds are wonderful and exciting and important, but also are made up of these characters. And I think that's the coolest part for people who are playing and people who are DMing is to make these characters. What is 
the NPC creation like for you guys? I mean, in my opinion, uh, making an NPC is just a matter of figuring out what like what direction you want to kind of push your players into without railroading them, basically, or rather what you think they need uh, in the story. So an NPC can be a plot device more than anything. If you need them to go do a thing, then you can have a quest giver uh, offer to pay them a lot of money or give them status or whatever it is they're looking for. But I find that the best NPCs come from kind of happy accidents. Yeah. One of my favorite NPCs right now in a game that I'm playing with my kids, I gave them a flump who worked for a circus and I just intended for him to be a cute character. Uh, but the kids absolutely felt in love with him. His name is Darren. He's very good. And so I've sort of morphed Darren into a kind of a morality pet so that uh, <laughs> whenever the kids get the urge to just go off and do a murder, uh, Darren can be like, what if, what if we didn't actually? And then they usually listen. <laughs> <laughs> the moral compass of the group. I like it. Mm -hmm. I have to agree very much with Dizzy. I think that the best use of NPCs is twofold. One as plot points, or rather think plot mechanisms, and secondly as flavor. What I personally do is I will very loosely plan out a plot ahead of time and have kind of a vague idea of what people are going to say to the party or ask of the party. But depending on how the session is going that day or after I meet the party and I get to know like what do their characters respond to well, what do they not respond to well, what are their um, motives, then that sort of puts flesh on the bones of the NPC characters. Likewise, even if you're not using an NPC as a character that's acting, uh, interacting directly with a party, um, you need to give your players a living world. It has people mm -hmm. in it. So even mm -hmm. like all of the people, when you walk into a pub, they can learn a lot about, say, a town by the people who are frequenting the D&D pub that pops up sure. so frequently. So that's just really how, how I tend to do them. And every once in a while, like Dizzy said, there's a happy accident and one of the NPCs just strikes the party as a great person, sidekick, pet. And, and, you know, then they're there forever. <laughs> it's never the one you mean it to be. Yeah. Like, have <laughs> one so planned. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I had, I had a, a little gnome uh, named Marty Sootfoot, uh, a, a lava rock gnome um, in the Elemental Plane of Fire, who was a conspiracy theorist, and I was so excited about him. And they liked him, but who they really liked was a pillar of sand who happened to be having a drink in a bar. I said that there was a pillar what? of sand having a philosophical discussion with a an errant elemental. They were just <laughs> talking to each other and the group were just like, I, you know, at some point I, I needed another person. So I was like, and uh, you see the pillar of sand. And they all went nuts for the pillar of sand. You never know. I have three. Oh, sorry. That, that, that was it. I was literally just saying, like, that's amazing. Really, really, you never know which one they're going to just be like, I, I like this one. Yeah. 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 This is the one I choose. I have three things really quickly, and then I'm going to turn over the floor to Alexa as authority. Sure. Um, <laughs> the first really important thing to remember is that NPCs are not just PCs that you're only seeing a side of. They are not the same as just player characters that you're creating because it's because a PC is almost designed in order to push the story forward from their own like sense of agency. And an NPC, if you give them too much agency, 
then they will become an exercise in verisimilitude rather than a plot device. So treating them as a PC that you're just minimizing doesn't always work. You have to play them a little bit differently, like Phoebe said, where you have a character and you can kind of plug them in wherever you need to, as Dizzy said, move things forward. Mm -hmm. The second thing is... I think like with the pillar of sand, with the um, the cute morality pet, which I, I love <laughs> as a name. TV trope, I stole it. <laughs> Giving them something incredibly memorable about them will make an NPC take root. Um, it's when there's too much, like when there's a lack of specificity that it's easy for NPCs to bleed together. And I think the NPCs that really hit home are the ones that are like very specific. And the last thing is just like your NPCs can always also be the things you like to play with like I have a lot of Russian sure. stone golem bartenders <laughs> I just think Russian stone golems are super funny like I just love the idea of all stone golems in my world <laughs> so I don't like I don't really think there are like right accents for each of the races yeah but I do think there is something like I think as Phoebe said they're about tone mm. um, NPCs will let you kind of communicate to your players what kind of game you want to be running, whether it's fluffy, whether it's serious. Cool. So you just kind of throw shit out there and you see what happens, essentially. <laughs> yes. I you know. love the throwing the shit at the wall and seeing which shit sticks. That's the way I DM anyway. <laughs> Who Among Us doesn't DM that way? Yeah. <laughs> That's what DMing is. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But like in a good way, because you're looking for yeah. the things that you and your players like. Totally. Um, Let's go on to you. <laughs> I find it ironic that you said I'm the authority on this. Um, <laughs> because a lot of what you guys have said is making me think one of the hardest things that I have to uh, that I face as a DM is hands down character creation. Mm. Um, mm. If you ask me for like a name off the top of my head, I will not know any name from anybody except for like Henry. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So That's what do you do? Really, How do you combat that? Um, you just so, have a whole world full of Henrys. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, what I love to do is playing with already established tropes and archetypes when it comes to both my, my player characters, my OCs, and also my NPCs. And just kind of, for each innkeeper, taking that stereotypical look of an innkeeper and how can I twist that to be something unique for this character? And how can I twist that and make it um, something special? Mm. Um, what points can I pull from that that'll make it interesting? I also have a tendency of taking inspiration from other stories as well um, and using the archetypes that other characters fall into and being like, that seems really cool and I really kind of play with that. Like, anybody who's read Name of the Wind, uh, yes. just the first few chapters, will know that Coates is this uh, barkeep who tells these great stories of his adventures. Um, and I kind of took him and I changed him around a little bit and added some other tropes and other little bits and pieces and gave him a different name and put him in charge of this this tavern in my city of Wofell, which is all about stories. And so he has like this bigger part in, in society and I'm kind of able to take those things that other people have, have created or yeah. that, um, have just always been there and twist them just a little bit to kind of give them new life. Cool. So basically taking inspiration from your favorite book is a great way to make oh, it work. Yeah. That's actually a really great idea. Now, I do also want to get into players making their characters, but unfortunately that's our, we've already been over 10 <laughs> minutes of talking about this. <laughs> um, because you guys are, what was that? 
I just said NPCs are important. <laughs> NPCs are so important because they're the entire world. Um, but maybe we'll get to uh, player characters next time. I also, for some reason, feel the need to explain to people who um, who may may or may not understand what an NPC is. As a non-player character, it's basically all of the characters. So, like, if you enter a video, if you're playing in a video game, it's all of the people that you see while you're playing in that video game, mm. except. It's the DM who's making all these characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mass. Each of us, each DM is essentially a small, like, a computer game inside a human person. Um, there you go. Oh my god, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Damn it, Annie, I was going to make a joke about that. One of the worst <laughs> things you can do to your DM is to take two NPCs as players that you really like and force us to have a conversation back and forth with us. Yes! Ourselves. Oh Never my god! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I had a therapy session oh. between Brad, Thad, and Chad the other day. There were no. three guards. <laughs> they were supposed to die. <laughs> Instead, they were just chatting. No, no, it was like a full, like, talking sphere. Let's talk about our feelings and our repressed emotions. It was... Oh, it was <laughs> oh my god. On the same thread, never give an NPC that you want to be a throwaway character a funny voice or accent. Because yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Or call okay. them a pillar of sand. Like, also don't do that. <laughs> or don't make them a philosophical pill- pillar of sand. Don't yeah. make case, them maybe. interesting if you don't want <laughs> players to be interested. That's just solid advice. Don't make <laughs> them like, interesting if you don't want them to be interested. That's what the Henrys are for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Henry yeah. is basically like putting a giant sticker on it saying, you're going to die. <laughs> I think it's also important. Sure. <laughs> exactly. I think it's also important to distinguish between like big villains or, you know, pivotal characters in your story mm. versus NPCs that litter your world. They're different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So many that. tips. I mean, I said this last time and I'll say it again. Like, I could talk to you guys about DMing, like, for hours and hours. Unfortunately, <laughs> we only have an hour. So I will just do this one quick plug, as always, for Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, because we are a nonprofit. And um, especially these days, we are, as all nonprofits, I'm sure, are a little concerned about where things stand. I just need to remind you all that we are still in the middle of our Drive to Five fundraising campaign. Basically, uh, a campaign because we're going to turn five years old in May and we need $25,000 so we can continue bringing you gameplay radio and other great programming for another five years uh, or for my show, you know, just longer than a year would be nice. I'm almost at a full year. We're only about 30% of the way there. So we have a long way to go in just a couple of months. Uh, and if we aren't able to reach our goal, this show might not be able to keep going or, you know, the station at all. So please, if you have even like a dollar to provide, that would be awesome. Uh, you can make a donation via text by, by texting RFB give five. That's the number five to four four three two one or you can go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five and check out some of the great gifts that we have available on our website including limited edition five-year t-shirts and you may even be able to get a free one if you complete our monthly challenge because we have one every month uh so make sure to check that out as well um you know if you're running out of clean t-shirts while you're stuck in quarantine why don't you just buy yourself a new t-shirt? Give the money to a good cause. It seems like a good plan to me. So definitely check that stuff out. Um, But that's kind of all that I have. Um, Are you guys ready to get into it? Hell yeah. 
Great. So this time we've got, so basically the setup that uh, we've agreed to is that y'all are going to come back and we're going to have rotating DMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. But uh, Phoebe, you are DMing this time once again. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so um, why don't you dive on in? Okay. So where we left off last time, uh, Omega. Captain Tinga, Lannister the Awesome, and Kuhn of Dublin, New Hampshire, specifically, very specifically, um, had undertaken a mission for Portsmouth, New Hampshire smugglers uh, to steal maple syrup from the secret, from the strategic Canadian maple syrup reserve. I think I'm getting those words in the right order. <laughs> um, you went up there, you found the reserve in complete disarray. You went inside and fought some sort of peculiar, freaky, woody creature. Um, Kuhn split its head open with his great musket um, and is currently lying underneath it, covered in in sticky, sticky goo. Um, No one has collected the maple syrup yet, uh, and that is where we left off. You need to grab it and get back to the river. Cool. Yeah, Lenny's gunning for it. He's getting that maple syrup. That's uh, what he came here for. Oh, we, should, we should also probably briefly tell people who's playing which characters, just oh, so yeah. they have an idea of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I've done this show before. I swear to God, I have. <laughs> uh, Dizzy, since you started, would you like to go ahead? Sure, I'm playing Lenister the Awesome, uh, Dragonborn uh, Cleric, Tempest, uh, Domain of the Tempest. He's a friend and boy. Amazing. <laughs> um, I, Lexa, am playing Captain Tinga, um, the uh, usually quite composed Maine Coon Tabaxi. Um, not only does she have a pirate background, but she is also a warlock with a pact with the old one. Um, and uh, yeah, she's a. I believe if you were following along last time, not doing so great, but she's gonna be okay. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm Annie, and I'll be playing Kuhn of Dublin, not the Irish one. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And uh, I... <laughs> did, did you have more Kuhn? No, no, I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna be playing Aomig the Blue, a forest gnome bard who is an a uh, a cunning gunslinger as well. And she has blue hair. Get the important info in. Blue club. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I'll let you guys decide um, what action you want to take. Next, Kuhn is pinned under this very heavy uh, wood-like creature. Well, it is While I am there. Up on top of him. Um, and you are surrounded by vast, uh, vats of, of maple syrup, as well as smaller, uh, like, keg-sized barrels. You need at least three of those. They weigh about 50 pounds each, just for reference. Yikes. Alright. Uh, is still underneath. While I'm underneath, I will open my mouth and guzzle the uh, stream of beautiful maple syrup that is falling out of my enemy's uh, crush. Are you sure that's maple syrup, buddy? <laughs> no, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Constitution save. 
Cute. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> um, uh, Kuhn, <laughs> Kuhn opened his, opens his mouth and, uh, <laughs> um, it's a saving, okay, cool, cool. Uh, that's a nat two. Oh, God. So that's a Dude, seven? You fail your constitution save. Shocking. Please regain uh, six hit points. However, you are now intoxicated with the blood of your enemies. <laughs> what? Um, oh, absolutely. Excellent. Uh, uh, on that note, um, Katina, who was one, at once grappled by this monster and its, its thorny clutches, is now like standing up, brushing herself off. Um, and as she <clears throat> has a lot of fur, and she is kind of starting to like groom herself. Um, which I'm assuming also triggers this effect, as I, I, I envisioned her <laughs> in, in syrup blood. Uh, yes, so go ahead and also make a constitution save. Um, God, I am, I'm so sorry, Eddie, but that's a 20? Stole your luck. Yeah, so in this case, uh, you know, the, the stuff tastes pretty good. Um, not quite as pungent as maple syrup, but nothing happens to you. Uh, it's just, like, really... You know what? You got it at twenty. So I'll say that you're you're doing a pretty. It was not a nat twenty. Job. It was a modified twenty. Okay. So with a with a dirty twenty, uh, this this stuff is like really stuck in your fur. Uh, you may need to take a trip to the groomers. I am. Omeg is eagerly drawing this creature and trying to exp- like trying to get the details down exactly right. She's kind of humming a little bit, like she's trying Omeg. to think of like what the what the song is going to sound like when she tells us later. Amazing. Omeg, make sure you get my good side. <laughs> oh God, darling, it's all a good side. <laughs> oh, that's what we like to hear. I'm gonna take out my um, my rock-hewn cup and uh, hold it up. I want to see, can I reach? I thought we were also under like a, a broken barrel. Of... You did break one of the maple syrup vats. Yeah, but I'm yeah. still under. Okay, I'm going to hand it, I'm going to hold it up and say, somebody get me some goddamn syrup. <laughs> Get it yourself, Kuhn. <laughs> I, I would, but I find myself somewhat pressed down by some thing. So, okay. are you saying the mighty Kuhn cannot lift this dead creature? Yeah, you've been talking about. Uh, talking about I immediately go into a rage. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna uh, at that. Kuhn is going to do his best to thrust the monster off of himself. Um, can I roll a, a what, what? It is a strength check, and because you are raging, you have advantage. Oh no 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 no! I'm not raging. I'm not. I'm sorry. That was a joke. Oh, <laughs> you're not would, initiating actual Kuhn rage. Okay, and I. Case, I would still like to inspire Kuhn. <gasps> oh, I would like to use my bardic inspiration. I did write this tiny little poem before we <gasps> met yes. up. It's very small. It literally yes. says. Kuhn smash, Kuhn bash, Kuhn causes a crash. I love that. <laughs> a single tear drips down Kuhn's face as he rolls a, um... It's a, it's a D8. Uh, my, for my strength, I, uh... Wait, give me a second. No I worries. need a hard surface to roll on. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a 16 plus 7. No, plus 4. Still, oh, so 20. 20. Yeah, 30 30 30 30. 30. 30. 30. 30. 30. 30. 
With a dirty 20, this thing's about the size of like a small to medium tree, like the type of trees that you might see growing on a New York sidewalk. So mm. fairly sizable. Mm. Um, but you do manage to heave yourself out from under it. Um, your knees and back may hurt you in your old age, but uh, uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that Kuhn does not care about this <laughs> at the moment. Um, so as you are pulling yourself out from under the creature. Um, everybody, please make a perception check. Ooh, uh, rolling. Oh, uh, that's gonna be... Uh, that's an 18. 16. You said perception? Yes. Five. 19. <laughs> it's okay, you're busy writing. Omega's consumed with, with creative energy. I am. Uh, Alexa, what did you get? 19. 19. Okay. Everyone else, as it happens, has rolled high enough. Um, let me set the scene a little bit. So it is now getting dark outside. It was about sunset when you came here. Okay. Um, it is now uh, on to dusk. So visibility, unless you have dark vision, is somewhat limited. Um, everybody except Aomig, who is lost in a contemplative cube. This will be uh, my greatest year. The <laughs> tramp, tramp of horses coming closer to you. They are, judging by the sound, not within sight range of you through the trees yet, Mm. but there are at least six people on horseback coming in this direction. It's the Mounties. All right, I'm gonna... (laughs) Um, Lenny's gonna cast Guidance on himself. Uh, Oh. And I'm gonna try to pick up one of these... uh, things of maple syrup to book it out of here with. And I'm also going to be like, come on, guys, let's go. We got to get out of here. Grab the syrup. Yeah, I think Tinga also, um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but she is six foot three. Oh, uh, gosh. Because she is a Maine Coon, so therefore a giant. Uh, <gasps> she probably just... Uh, Wait, just how tall? How? Uh, she probably just picks up, like, one and just, like, shoves it onto her shoulder and just looks at the other and goes, all right, we... You guys can stay, but I'm going to leave. And, like... Yeah, I'm with Tinga. <laughs> and I think probably starts heading for what was once an actual exit. Yeah, I follow, but I ask Kuhn to carry mine because I am a small gnome. <laughs> uh, Kuhn uh, desperately considers his own height to try to figure out if he's taller than Tinga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and finds that he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, could you think uh, these smaller barrels? Do you think I could grab two of them? Yeah, you can almost certainly. You mm. you uh, have crazy strength. So you can. Carry how about them. how about a, a small one for Amig and a big one for Q? Yeah, so Q. There are also like wine barrels, like traditional mm. wine barrel sized barrels, uh, which will weigh probably about one hundred and twenty pounds by my estimate. Okay. Uh, let me just do some quick math here. So 50 plus that would be 70. You are 10 pounds below your encumbered limit. You may take one small barrel and one large barrel and you're good. Kuhn hoists and runs. <laughs> Lenny starts, Lenny, when uh, Kuhn is hoisting the barrel, just starts chanting, Kuhn, 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 Kuhn. Kuhn also gets into it. Kuhn also starts chanting Kuhn. Immediately, like, gets between the, bo- the two of them and stops them and just like, shut up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lenny picks up a 50-pound thing and books it. All right. Okay, cool. We're so ready. we have a total of three small barrels and one big one. Um, big. 
Kuhn lifts big. And then, uh, assuming that every, I think everybody has said they are leaving, you make your way out of the door, which was broken on your arrival. So um, you do not have to break it in order to get out, although Kuhn has to duck. Um, <gasps> Kuhn is taller than Tinga. Kuhn yes. feels better. <laughs> uh, because you are, you are literally a forest giant. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so you guys are, uh, you can't run with your barrels, but you can still, uh, everybody who has picked one up can still walk at a pretty good pace. Maybe can jog. Are we speed walking? Are we like... Yeah, you can speed yeah. walk, but you're just rotating your whole upper body. Because oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, that the image distracted the GM. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, it is very distracting. You guys are making your way into the forest. Now, we didn't get into the details, but last time um, you came up in, let's see, I think, so we have a gnome, two normal-sized people, and Kuhn, probably <laughs> um, three canoes, um, one mm-hmm. for Kuhn, and then two. Ah. Sorry. Actually, no, two canoes. Yeah, one for Kuhn, <laughs> one of us can fit, and the other one, I was counting myself there. I thought, I thought you I thought you put it back down to two because of my terrible pun. <laughs> no, no, I was just counting myself as part of the party. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, we might be able to fit Amig into... Amig is... I can is hang out right on Kuhn's boat. Yeah. yeah, so we can still do two. Um, it would be probably... Money. Amig, it's up to you. And then, <laughs> whose boat do you yeah, want to be in? Yeah, Omig's willing to hang to to. Omig finds Kuhn amusing, so Omig is going Letting to. Let uh, looks at Ting and is like, "You're a captain, right?" <laughs> yes. He okay. like he like immediately just hops in the canoe with Ting. Let's go. Kuhn is still chanting very quietly. Can you save me if I'm drowning? <laughs> Um, yeah, so so you guys have made it through the woods. You were walking for like, um, or rather like walk jogging for like three miles. Periodically, you think you hear horses maybe coming after you, um, but you make it into your boats um, and you push off. Fortunately for you, um, the river is fairly flooded at this time of year um, because it's spring. So you're off at a pretty good clip. Um, now you are on the dead diamonds for reference. Um, it is a river known both for very narrow, fast, deep, swooshy bits where you might just randomly flip upside down and very shallow bits where you might just break your canoe. Um, just so you guys are aware of this, I'm going to say that Tinga, having grown up as a river pirate, is is familiar with the ways of rivers and can choose to pass on any useful information to the party uh, regarding this or not. Um, is there anything anybody would like to do before I describe the next thing that happens? So, as Tinga, uh, first off, I knowing canoes, I'm in the back. Um, so therefore it mostly in control and I kind of just give a message up to Lenny and just like Just do what I tell you to um, Cool, and I, I look behind me at the other boat um, <laughs> is trying to control it from the front. Yeah, no I, <laughs> Omig is haphazardly trying to tell him what to do <laughs> uh, Tinkle looks back and it's just like uh... <laughs> Hey Omig, do you think you could follow 
me, like watching as the boat just kind of spins, <laughs> spins, <laughs> spins in a circle. We're going, we're yeah, exactly. going, I'm very strong, so it's like a full circle each yeah. time. Each time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amig's getting a little dizzy and he goes, uh, yeah, I think. Stop. Kyun stops and starts drifting down the river. Kyun, <laughs> let's play a game. Kyun, let's play a game. Let's let's see if you can move the oar to the side of the boat. But I point. Kyun <laughs> uh, sticks it into the water upside down. No. Kyun uh, puts the oar in the water. <laughs> I, I point, and then I say, now just pretend the oar, just try to move it. It's like a mirroring game, you know. <laughs> uh, yes, Kuhn knows. Um, do I know, DM? Uh, go ahead and roll knowledge history. Let's see if you ever played this as a kid. History? <laughs> no! You gotta <laughs> put it on Thanks, Kuhn. I'm, so, I'm sorry Never, that Kuhn. this takes toll on your brain. <laughs> um, okay. Incidentally, oh, that's a 13, you know? Hey, okay, them. yeah, you did play mirroring games with your oh, brothers God. and your sister as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit hard to mirror your sister because she's still like three feet taller than you are, but... <laughs> you did your best. <laughs> yes, uh, fear, female fear bogs are, are bigger than male fear bogs for what mm-hmm. it's worth. Nice. Um, so it goes. Um, so how effective is this particular technique of, of mirroring, given that Aomig is a tiny little gnome and Kuhn is probably still pulling bigger strides from the one side of the boat? I think I'm going like one and then the opposite and then the opposite, you know. So what's happening is Kuhn's boat is rapidly overtaking you because he's gaining basically like five feet of water every time he takes a stroke. Um, the only issue with it, which might c- arise in a more difficult part of the river, is that instead of moving in a straight-ish trajectory, <laughs> every time he takes a stroke on one end of the boat, it's moving in, like, a diagonal pattern. No. Mm. Uh, oh, so no. it's going, like, it's veering forward and left, and then forward and right, and then forward and left again, <clears throat> um, in very jerky motions. But hey, you're, <clears throat> you're moving in generally the right downstream direction. <laughs> Um, I probably notice all of this, and I'm assuming at one point Kuhn cuts off our boat. Um, and for what it's worth, Tinka probably starts cursing at him under her breath, <laughs> like consistently for the next like, five minutes. Uh, Kuhn hears it as her joining the chant. <laughs> Amazing. He's like, yes, good. I, I, I want to know, Annie, is Kuhn constantly chanting Kuhn out loud, or is this just the thing that plays in his mind when nothing else is happening? That's a great question. I think it's not constantly, but um, I think uh, um, at times of stress, it might come back. I, I like that. It's, his, it's a security blanket. Yeah, he got a lot out of it when Lenny and Tinga first chanted. And when Lenny chanted again, and when Aamig wrote a poem, you know, he's starting to put together how great it is when people say his name a lot. <laughs> it's just, it's really good. So, yeah. Damn. Okay, so you guys continue. Kuhn's uh, boat is, unless anybody's going to try to slow him down, Kuhn's um, boat is still visible. Um, and for you guys in Kuhn's boat, so Aamig, if you want to turn around, then uh, Tinga mm. and Lannister's boat would still be visible, but you can't 
in the dusk like see each other's faces clearly and you would have to raise your voices to communicate you're maybe about like um 25 30 yards apart over the water you can still like see outlines and things but it's getting difficult um at which hmm. point Kuhn's boat rounds a sharp bend and disappears um Kuhn and Aomig please make constitution saves oh no so am I at disadvantage because I'm inebriated uh <laughs> For you specifically, you are not at disadvantage for constitution when you're a neighbor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you are at constitution for deck saves and, and like charisma checks and things, but we okay that. Uh, oh, I got an eighteen. It doesn't matter because I got a four. Oh no! Did, uh, did you use five. that inspiration from earlier? Uh, no, it's a nine plus. Uh, great point. It's a D eight, oh. so yeah, uh, plus eight. Oh. I'm out of 17. 17. Okay, you're actually fun. Yes. Amic, <laughs> uh, what did you get on the I got an 18. Day? Okay, you guys are actually fine. A really horrible smell, uh, like a literal wall of stench, like just before you guys enter it. So like you go around the bend, the river speeds up um, because it's one of the deep wooshy bits. And you think that you see this, like, kind of green fog, and then you enter the fog. And so, like, the literal wall of stench washes over you. Um, you are, it's like cat litter that needs to be changed, hmm. and rotting cabbage, and, like, that weird thing you don't want to dig out of the back of your fridge, and hmm. pond weed all at the same time. Um, Disgusting. Yeah, you are not sickened because you both passed your saves, but it is, it's bad. Um, and in front of you, um, taking up a significant chunk of the river is a large black moose with a shirtless man in ragged blue jean shorts and a coonskin cap on backwards. So the tail is just like hanging in his face. Um, Sitting backwards on the moose, throwing a fishing pole, and I'm gonna leave that there for the moment and go back to the <laughs> other boat. Cause you, uh, you okay. see, I assume that you guys are going to continue around the bend. Although that is up to you. You are unaware of any issue that Kuna and Omeg may have run into. Yeah, Lenny does not stop paddling. He's trying <clears throat> to get this, this skirt from point A to point B. <laughs> I think Tinga as well is just like verbally acknowledges that she a regrets the decisions that were made concerning this team. And she regrets <laughs> that she allowed at least two of those barrels to enter into the boat with Kuhn, which she will now probably have to go and rescue. So she's absolutely positively certain that at some point in time they're going to capsize. Okay. He has the honest <laughs> feeling that someone is doubting him. <laughs> existential dread of Kuhn. Um, <laughs> Lenny, I feel like Lenny looks back at Captain Ting and is like, are you the one who put this crack team together? You know, like... I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm just here... Actually... Uh? Lenny. Uh-huh? Strike a deal. This is probably a conversation we're having as we turn the corner. Yeah, yeah, no worries. You're coming around the corner at this point. We will hit the stink mist in a moment. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually here because I believe you might have something that I want. Is that right? Hmm. 
Why is it that you came on this question again for extra credit? It's not extra credit. It's a full ride. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I am trying to get into the Mount Washington Observatory to study. They want syrup. These guys. It's, it's like a whole rivalry. I didn't. I, I didn't really. I'm not big on the details. I just. I just want to go to school. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> And I take it to understand that you are of blue dragon descent? Uh, Lenny looks at himself uh, <laughs> and says, what gave it away? <laughs> are cats colorblind? Because I'm pretty sure they are. Um, Actually, oh they're, they're not. Um, I, I had to, yeah, I had to look this up a few weeks ago. I don't remember why. Um, <laughs> you see colors, like you don't see shades very distinctly, okay. but you can see color. Okay, so I would be able to. This is this is an obvious question. I know the answer. Uh, fantastic. Um, uh, Tinga takes a moment and just kind of like sits back with her paddle on her lap and just goes, "Would you potentially be interested in a deal? What kind of a deal? Well, the entire purpose of me coming on this was because I was promised some dragons late. Ah, that was a stipulation of the contract. Is that for you? Uh, it better be, otherwise I'm going to have to be speaking to quite a few dead individuals. Well. Okay. Uh, terrifying. Well, that's not me. Well, I was planning on coughing into a bottle at some point in this journey. Uh, I could probably do that more than once if need be, but it will it'll take a day. Understandable. And what exactly would you like in return for this? That's a good question. Can I can I put a pin in it? Uh, I'm assuming we've turned the, the yeah we've turned the corner. <laughs> so it is at this point in the conversation. Polanyi's. <laughs> thinking about it, uh, you guys need to make your constitution checks because there's that same weird mist. Um, incidentally, Q's boat has uh, has slowed down now because even though you're not sickened, neither Q or Ome feels like you can paddle right now unless you want to bring on like massive motion sickness. Uh, I'm going to say to Amig, um, wow, you know, I really trust those two behind us. They seem like really... Really team-oriented individuals, you know. Yes, they seem very capable. Yeah, and also like they—they they never betray us. They're—they're they're, they're in it for the for the legend of Kuhn, you know. I—I <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say that um, a, a smuggler is a smuggler, but at the same time, these do—these two do seem to be um, loyal to the people who are. Uh, helping them. So. In this boat. The ones in this boat is what you were saying. Oh, sure, yes, of course. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, so anyway, anyway look at this moose. Can I wow, what a moose. You should save from, from Tinga and uh, Lenny. I got a 19, not uh, a natural. Okay. I got a 9. Oh, oh, wow. oh boy. You were sickened. You were ah. overboard. So, uh, <laughs> You ask Lenny uh, what he wants in return. He says, "Hold that thought." And uh, <laughs> Tingba, you experience the same like, "Oh my god, I can't really paddle right now, or I'm gonna be sick." But like, you're holding it down. Um, you guys see the same moose. Um, sorry, is the moose on the water? Like, moose is standing in the river. In the river. Okay. Oh, yeah, Tall moose. What they How do, deep they, river? Okay. Um, it is up to the moose's neck, so the dude who's sitting on it, like, his his legs and stuff are actually, like, submerged. But, <laughs> got it. but he's fishing. But he's not walking on the top of the water. We're not talking, like, Jesus moose. 
No, no, it's not, it's not Jesus Moose. It is just standing in the middle of the river, uh, chewing some weeds because that is what they okay. like to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jesus Moose is, is now a thing I need to work into a game somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the man in the coonskin cap does that thing that double takes. So, like, looks at you like he can't be, he can't be fucked. And then... He's like, oh, wait, reaches into the pocket of his, like, ripped-up shorts and pulls out some type of law enforcement badge, which he holds towards you guys. Um, Now, I can't imitate this accident really well, but in a kind of mishmash of Quebecois and very northern New Hampshire accent, he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to stop. Right where you are, this is the Border Patrol, and I have to inspect your goods to make sure you're not smuggling anything out of Canada. Very good. Uh, I dare say, I lean over to Q and I say, I dare say this is not helpful. And I'm going to try to cast um, Phantasmal Force on him. Uh, Is Phantasmal Force like a throw him spell, or like, what is Phantasmal Force? Phantasmal Forest is, uh, you craft an illusion that takes root in the mind of a creature you can see within range. The target must make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, you create a phantasmal object, creature, or other visible phenomenon of your choice that is no larger than a 10-foot cube and that is perceivable only to the target for the duration. Um, okay. Uh, Kuhn is going to puff up his chest really big. (laughs) Um, okay. All right. I, I, I want to try to get him to see like mm. a giant, like like dire bear, like charging at him through the book. I love this. Yeah. Okay, before before I roll for him, um, just so I know how to time this next bit. Yeah. Uh, how many minutes do we have left in the session? Hmm. I we have approximately twelve minutes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. He he has rolled a sixteen. I don't know what the save on this spell is. Uh. It's a 13. Okay. So he has passed, uh, although he's unaware that you tried to cast anything on him. You have drifted a little closer to the moose at this point. Um, And I'm going to give this to everybody because you know that you're doing border crossing. He is not, in fact, a Mountie. He is a member of the U.S. uh, border enforcement. Is that worse? (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, look down. You know, uh, Flynn Rider entangled with the. I'm sorry. Here comes the smolder. Um, I'm gonna do one of those. I'm gonna say, look, what I'm about to do. I apologize, and I'm going to look down, and then I'm going to look up, <laughs> with, and and flex my muscles, um, and uh, I'm gonna say. You will let Kuhn pass, friend. <laughs> wow, I love the threat in the end of friend right there. Um, oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to do two things. Kuhn, uh, you are going to need to make a charisma check, and also I'm going to roll to see if this guy is attracted to masculine presenting people. <gasps> oh. Oh, yes. Um, oh. I did say friend, so that was keeping it open, you know? <laughs> it could be a threat and it could not. And it could be more than that if you want that. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, according according uh, to the, the the D4, otherwise known as the determining NPC's sexuality that he is bi. So, uh, <laughs> um, 
question. Um, I know you said charisma would be at disadvantage because inebriated, but I feel like flirting is something you would do not at disadvantage when you're drunk. What think you? I will allow this argument to stand. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. This is just charisma? Charisma check? Yep, it's just a charisma check to see if you make any kind of positive impression on this guy. Um, should I wait for you to roll the die first, or should I roll? Nope. I have I, already determined that awesome. he is bi, so he is open to both feminine and masculine presenting people. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I have a plus zero to charisma, so let's see. <laughs> um, it's a 12. 12. All right. Um, so I will say that this dude is like in his like late 50s and he looked at Q and he was like, Look, son, I appreciate it. Maybe if I was 10 years younger, I think we might be within the creepy age gap. Aww. <laughs> uh, Q nods to understanding. And so, uh, also, I am on duty right now, although, you know what? Uh, I might rethink it later. Uh, when I'm not on duty, if you ever hang around the local bar. But for the moment, I'm gonna have to take a rain check on that. <laughs> and you're gonna have to let me see what you have in your books. Uh, says, I, I understand, but I'm sorry, I can't let you do that. And I would like to pull out my double barrel musket. And <gasps> Whoa, okay, on hang on, before we do that, <laughs> how far behind me? Let's just pull out. Can Lenny think you bring out his musket and be like, whoa, 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 guys, guys, guys. Um, can I cast hold person on this, uh, this kind gentleman who's trying to stop us? Oh, boy. Yes, you can. Um, before you do, I forgot to add one thing. Kuhn, you, so you guys are basically like floating on either side of the moves right now. Kuhn, mm-hmm. the guy did hand you um, his, his card uh, just for future references. Oh, great. His name is Captain... Um, Frank Gilbert. So he has a French last name, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, which may be relevant at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now we will go all on right. to the whole person. You may go ahead and kill the whole person. All right, uh, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, be paralyzed. So, uh, you gotta make a wisdom save, Phoebe. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you got broken up for a second. Wisdom save, yes. Uh, well, that was a, that was a nine. All right, DC is 14, he's held. <laughs> Hell yes. His moose charges you. Huh? Uh, well, he back? With him just frozen on the back, the moose turned around to charge you. It is- Don't show! Oh, no, 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 no. I, uh, I want to use my once per short rest, uh, friendship with animals ability. Um, I have, uh, because I'm a fear bulb, or not, because I'm- I, It's it, because you're a fear bulb. Okay. It is because I'm a fear bulb. Awesome. Um, I have once per short rest, I can speak with beasts. And uh, I have charisma advantage with beasts, animals, and botanical creatures, of uh, which somehow a moose I think might qualify. Um, <laughs> I would like to speak with animals and say, "Moose friend, halt!" <laughs> okay, Kuhn, go ahead and take charisma roll. You may roll twice. Take the higher one. You were not flirting. Not twenty. Not twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I will allow the laws not 20 to stand, and I will not uh, penalize you for being drunk. I assume you're not flirting with the moose. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not do that. That's a whole other can of worms. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, you have the moose's attention. It stops so suddenly that the Frank, who is seated on the back of it, actually is like knocked off and flies paralyzed into the water, and you see oh, oh. bubbles. Oh. Uh, Coming up where he has fallen, 
So the moose is currently like affectionately headbutting Kuhn in the face. <gasps> oh, come, doggy, come! Its owner is potentially drowning in the river. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say. Uh, can Lenny? Um, hang on. God, I'm actually. I'm gonna test. Do I have spells or can I just swim and get them? You could probably just jump straight in and grabs them. And I would like to make the argument that because she's a pirate, she would be able to do this. And also, you do. Yeah, you do know how to swim. Also, Maine Coons are a cat breed that actually are very good at swimming. So you're all set with that. Um, I'll let you two. Nice. Like, I don't know if one of you wants to jump in. You go for it, Tinga. Okay. I think Tinga would probably act immediately on seeing somebody go overboard, uh, especially because she's been watching this whole thing going like, <laughs> can't believe they've made this situation even more terrible. <laughs> this is almost impressive at this point. Um, so she jumps in and immediately kind of like just flips him over so at least he's like paralyzed on his front. Bring him land! Tinkle looks at Lenny just as fine and just starts moving towards uh, the right wing. Okay. People are sociopaths. Um, make a uh, athletics roll to be able to grab this guy and then a uh, check to be able to pull him towards land. Um, in this particular case, because it is swimming, which is not a specific thing here, please take a plus two because you should be like an expert in that. But the DD sheets will not let me do that for you. Okay, so in that case, I got a 19 for athletics and swimming, and I got a 7 for getting him onto the land. Oh, no! Oh, uh, well, you are swimming fine. You're not used to pulling other people. Um, incidentally, your boats have drifted solidly like into American territory at this point, so technically you successfully smuggled in the maple syrup. Hey! Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Frank, unfortunately, is like torn away from you in the current and just badly <gasps> bobs downstream with his feet occasionally like poking about the water. He's frozen in like a sitting position. No! No, Frank! <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> Someone will recover. Someone will recover him. It's fine. No, no, we gotta... Hang on. Um, <laughs> I'm <Sure>. gonna... <laughs> I love this party. <laughs> <laughs> you think you could find a find a spot in that other boat? So I have a question. I'm, I'm sorry. New moose friend. Hune, are you saying that you no longer want my company? I no I do. I just we need to bring uh, we need to bring Gerald the moose along. No, Hune, we cannot bring the moose. He will not fit in the canoe. Yeah, pretty sure Gerald. you're going you to. We'll bring the moose. So before Hune will carry the moose. Why why don't you just ride the moose? Guys, a man is drowning. <laughs> He's not drowning, though. He's just floating away. Uh, he, he, is in fact, he is, in fact, drowning. He has about uh, one minute left in the water before he starts inhaling water and falls oh. oh, he's actually uh, drowning. On the other note, moose uh, can swim quite well, so riding the moose downstream is an option. Okay, okay. How far away is Frank? Um, Frank is about 20 feet away from me with this All right, all right, so I can- It's not like a super, uh, hydrodynamic shape. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you were saying, Dizzy. I can swim and get him, right? Yes, you can swim and get him, you will have to roll athletics. All right, I'm going to, first of all, cast enhanceability on myself, um, and give myself the whole strength. Uh, which gives me advantage on strength checks and uh, my carrying capacity doubles. Cool. Uh, 
Oh, please nice. save him. We only have one minute left. I don't know why. And I swim for my dear life, or for Frank's dear life, to pull him to shore. Uh, Obi, what is the moose's? Yeah, what is the moose's carrying capacity? Uh, the moose's carrying capacity is. I'd have to double check this. Okay, don't do that. It would. I'm not going to do it now. But given that a moose, on average, weighs a thousand pounds, at minimum, it's going to be about a thousand pounds. Uh, can I start swimming towards uh, on the moose? Can I mount the moose? Yeah, and, the moose can carry. Yeah, we're gonna start going towards Bunny just to pick up the rider. When okay, we... cool. Uh, Dizzy, did you take a roll for that? You did. I'm sorry, I missed it. No, I, I didn't yet. A strength check? Yeah. Or uh, sorry, it's it's athletics. Athletics. Okay. Well, that was an ideal. So that's gonna that's gonna be. Oh, that's not bad. That's an that's an eleven. Okay, well that is enough to get to him. Okay. Um, strength to be able to drag him to shore. All right. Can I so also help via. Can I have like, scrambled up onto the shore and helping from the shoreline side? Yeah, yeah. You can help from the shore. The river. I am corralling the boats that everyone has abandoned. Old <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup. Yep. Oh, is the only one who's like strictly mission focused. He's just like, he's like, well, this is very exciting, but also, is this not the point of this venture? Lenny was strictly mission-focused until he almost killed a man. Uh, Lenny, uh, uh, please go ahead and make a strength check. Hopefully you can save Frank. That's a big hopefully. Oh, bless. Okay, that's gonna be a 17. Cool. So, between you and Tinga, uh, mostly with you, but Tinga also grabs him when he comes within, like, flailing yeah. range of her claws. And also, uh, pulls and wears off after a minute. Yeah, so okay. he's, he's like coming to, um, you drag him onto the bank, and because I believe we are we are ending, yes, Aaron. Yeah, we're unfortunately about out of time. Okay, cool. So you guys drag him onto the bank, um, you're able to get back in your canoes, and you can start downstream while he's still just kind of like sitting up and like coughing out all of this river water. Uh, um, guys, as a final, okay. as a final image, can Kuhn, uh, by Moose, uh, bring everyone back towards the boats, singing, Kuhn bash, Kuhn smash, Kuhn is going splish splash. Ooh. <laughs> I have a question to the other party members are good with it. Omega's so proud. <laughs> Okay, cool. So we'll end our, our session here. Yes, uh, that was amazing. Thank you again, Phoebe, for DMing. That was hilarious. Thank you, Phoebe. That's great, Phoebe. Thank you for having us so much for playing, and thank you for having us on here. Yeah, no, my absolute pleasure to have you guys here, and hopefully we'll get you on again next month. Heck yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah, uh, so we'll definitely upload this. Um, I hope that those who are listening live on Sunday also enjoy listening to this as much as we've enjoyed playing it. Um, and don't forget to check out uh, these guys' previous episodes on the archive on the Radio Free Brooklyn website. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.